Hey guys, and welcome to the Full Power Show, where we lead men in ardently pursuing a loving God by creating opportunities for men to encounter the transforming power of Jesus Christ. And uh, so excited to hear uh, Roy's story today. He's a good friend from church. You're not going to want to miss it, so stick around. Mr. Roy, how's it going, man? I'm doing very well. Good, man. I finally Good. learned what a podcast was. Yes. Last night. You you are you are now in one. You learned what it was yesterday and now you are you are part of one. How exciting is that? That's exciting. I thought it was one of those small cars, electric car <laughs> or something. Uh no. This is this is a podcast. This is a video podcast. Well, cool, man. Well, welcome to the show. Appreciate you being here. And uh, I'm actually going to get a little bit of housekeeping out of the way, take care of business. I want to shout out to our affiliate, Buzzsprout. They host podcasts. We actually use them for our podcast syndication to all the podcast directories. So if you guys are interested in starting a podcast or moving a podcast over to them, we highly recommend them. We're going to put their affiliate link in the show notes in the description. So if that's something you'd like, check it out. Also, I think you get... $20 $20 Amazon card or something, and we get a small commission kickback too. No extra cost to you. Blesses our ministry, blesses you. So win-win. So anyway, that's out of the way. I do want to announce that uh, we are um, taking a sabbatical from men's small groups uh, here in Hendersonville. We're going to refocus our time and our energy and our efforts on just really cranking out these YouTube videos and video podcasts because um, we see the reach and the opportunity to connect with men on this platform in a very, very huge, huge way. So we're here, we're here to ignite guys, get guys engaged. Um, cause we know that, uh, we we're just like you guys, we fall into apathy so easily. So we got to kick it into high gear and keep it there. So that's kind of, that's kind of my spiel, Mr. Roy. So, uh, before we, before we get too far into it, you mind, uh, praying us in? Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, I just thank you. You're so loving and kind, compassionate and just, merciful and patient with all of us lord and uh lord i just pray over this ministry lord that um, these men lord i just pray you'd forgive us lord uh, this is a time that we should take hold of your call for us and reach this world and turn it right side up for you for your glory lord and i pray you'd uh, actually ins- uh, inspire us all lord to do your will lord and uh, this this time here on earth is so temporary lord when we would not waste one second of it lord but to um, hear well done at the end of our lives and lord we're going to thank you for what you're going to do in advance here right now in jesus name amen amen appreciate that man so um we're going to talk about your jesus story today Great. so yeah tell me Tell me where, where it starts and make sure you go back far enough because some people, they're like, and then I got saved. And you're like, well, <laughs> I think there's a little bit of backstory. So what is your origin and your genesis with uh, your relationship and walk with Christ? Where did it all start? Well, I've got a unique story, I believe. I kind of grew up with a drug problem. My parents drugged me to church three times a week, um, Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, and uh, didn't uh, understand it all. Uh, but when I was 13, I don't even know what was being preached, but uh, God, uh, God's Spirit um, revealed to me that it, uh, my sin had separated me from Him and that I needed Him to be Lord and Savior of my life. And um, 
We were normally the first ones at church and the first ones out of the parking lot for some reason. I don't know what we were running from. But um, after everybody filed out of the church, I went up to the um, song director. He was straightening up the the song books in the pew, and um, I told him that I wanted to give my life to Christ today. He shared some scripture with me, and that day I, I turned my life lock, stock, and barrel over to, to Christ. Wow, that's he, fantastic. he saved me, and I told my parents, and the first thing they said was, well, you did that earlier. I'm like, no, no, it really happened. So, um, and the evidence is clear. From yeah. I just can't stop talking about Jesus and winning people to Christ is, is, is just incredible, the yeah. mission that we've been given um, by Christ. Yeah, absolutely, man. So um, tell me, tell me, did you, it sounds like, so you grew up in the church. Um, yes. Did, did you ever have a season where you kind of rebelled and, and had, you know, put distance between yourself and, and your faith, or were you just, you know, kind of, and, 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 you know, I, that's, that's kind of my story. So I, I like to, you know, make sure people don't think we're kind of knocking right. people that grew up in the church because, you know, a lot of times we, we kind of elevate the, um, I don't know, the more jazzy mm, yeah. <laughs> testimonies of, Oh, I saved from this and I saved from that. So tell me, tell me a little bit about you. So were you, you were raised in the church, but did you ever have a season of distance or anything like that? Well, actually, yes. I was raised in a Baptist church. It was very legalistic. Um, they would uh, pretty much train people to get somebody to say a prayer and then they were good. Uh, I did not get discipled until I was probably in my twenties. Mm. Um, one of the pastors, um, invited me to go out to lunch with the rest of the pastors, the staff. And I was I was scared to death because these people, you know, they glowed in the dark and they could pray the spots off a leopard and all that. So, but um, it was incredible to get discipled finally at uh, that age. And um, and how long did that relationship go on for, that, that discipleship relationship? Uh, that went on for about three years wow that's good yes. and then he actually the that pastor passed away on a mission trip so um but i was actually on staff at the church at the time and so it was uh, incredible to um to be uh discipled by that man that uh seen in this shy person that could never really talk i don't think i ever gave a book report in my life in school i don't know how i got through it without uh, doing that, but um, I was just so shy. But um, once I had Jesus, I could not stop talking about Christ. I mean, all through high school, I was beat up. I was called a Jesus freak. Mm. Um, but um, I kept telling people about Jesus and um, actually bringing people to church that I had won to Christ and actually had some of the uh, older people tell me to just calm down. Just, just you know, I was too excited. <laughs> just, yeah. And I'll tell you what, I'm still excited. So there's nothing better than catching fish, especially when God cleans them. So yeah. <laughs> I just I just love telling people about Christ. And, and, and I have the answer to death living in me. Why wouldn't I share that? Yeah. I yep. mean, that's the question. If you and, could hold that inside you, there's something wrong. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I agree, man. I think... I think what so many of us miss is the fact that, like you said, how can you hold it inside you? But 
how much do I have to despise somebody else mm. to elevate my comfort level and say, well, you know, it's, it's socially awkward or, mm. you know, I don't, I don't, I don't have another two minutes to share the gospel with. So I just, just so busy. Blah, 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 blah. I mean, how selfish and how mm. just completely uncaring of me not to go out of my way and get out of my comfort zone and share Jesus with people and be part of potentially a completely eternity shifting moment in their lives. Yeah. If you have the cure to death and you don't tell anybody, I mean, do you, are you really loving anyone no. whatsoever? No. If you love somebody, you would tell them how to live forever yeah. in paradise and um, to have all your guilt removed and nailed to the cross. I mean, you just, we become fully equipped with his Holy Spirit, prayer, his Bible, this church. I mean, everything we need to do God's will. And if we're exhausted at the end of the day, it's because we didn't, God just gives us enough energy that day to do his will. So if you're exhausted at the end of your day, there's something wrong. Yep. yep. I agree, man. And, and I want to make sure that we don't uh, miss a little thing that you just kind of offhandedly said. So you were in vocational ministry for a while. You said you are on uh, on staff yes so tell me first and I'll, I'll give you two two questions tell me first kind of how the call came about and how you answered the call to to professional ministry and then tell me a little bit about that journey like um what experiences do you remember or what stood out during your time um kind of doing that well uh when i was in the military i was a jet engine mechanic and um when the pastor discipled me actually just all he did was just say, come on, let's go to Lowe's. And he would um, share Christ with the person at checkout just so naturally. Yeah. And uh, people that uh, that I hung out with was sharing Christ. So just not forcefully whatsoever, it just came up. Just so naturally God brought that conversation about. And um, they actually had a position open at the church in maintenance and, and all the maintenance that I had built houses since I could hold a hammer, my stepdad, I mean, he uh, was a real estate broker. He'd run out of listings. We'd build some houses and sell them. So, or we'd sell our own and build another one <laughs> for yep. my mother. I think we built her six houses, by the way. <laughs> but anyway. Um, I need a house, by the way, Roy. Uh, Just got to put that plug out there. There you go. You can, you can help me build one. I can do it. Let's do it, man. I just need my back brace. Well, there you go. <laughs> I'll give you a big bear hug. That, that'll, that'll, you hold the hammer, and I'll give you a big bear hug. There you go. <laughs> so cool, man. So you served on staff, um, and uh, as, as you're kind of you know doing operations and maintenance and everything, um, what uh, what did you kind of experience? You know, it's kind of like the Wizard of Oz, right? When you're when you're you know, you're, you're in the laity and, and you go to church every Sunday and, oh, you know, great worship. Oh, mm. you know, this, that, and the other. You might be privy to a little bit of membership drama of, oh, scuttlebutt here, scuttlebutt there. Mm -hmm. But uh, until you get on staff or you're like a, you know, highly invested volunteer or something like that, you really don't peek behind the curtain of what's going on um, at churches. So um, tell, me, tell me a little bit about the good, bad, and ugly that you've seen kind of behind the curtain. Yeah, the politics behind the curtains, I mean, um, it's so easy to think. You know, I pay my pastor so much money. He gets up and does a sermon. He's done for the week, plays golf. No way. I mean, this guy, 
Um, they live in ministry. They're called at 2 in the morning. They're there. I mean, it's like there's no time off. And even when I was in ministry, I had to be the first one there to turn on the lights or set up for parties on Saturday on my days off and things like that and, and turn on the lights to turn up the air conditioning, lock the whole place up, you know, search the whole place for anybody hiding out or passed out. So um, there's a lot to it that, that people don't realize whatsoever. And so thank God for Biltmore Church and the volunteers that, yep. that are there. It's just incredible to see people that are so engaged in, in helping and, and investing their lives in helping other people. It's, it's just we're such creatures of comfort, you know. And God wants us to be conduits of comfort to other people. That's when we get more comfort from him. And yeah. as we give away the comfort he gives us, he's got a bigger shovel. He gives us more. That's good, man. So. And so I think that's, that's kind of a perfect segue. Tell me, so you're, you're in grief ministry now. Um, so I know that there's a little bit of backstory with that. So give me the backstory of how you got to the point where you're in grief ministry and then tell me a little bit about what's going on with it right now. Okay. Yes. Yeah, so my wife died um, September 2nd, um, 2001, right before 9-11, actually. And um, sudden heart attack. She was 40 years old. Uh, we had served at the church, at the altar, with people, winning people to Christ. And um, it was quite a shock just to be gone um, like that. And uh, I was right there. She was in my office. We were working at a um, out in California, actually, Napa, California. But um, after she died, um, I felt God's call. They wanted some closure from our family back in North Carolina. So God called me back there to have a, a, a service for her, a memorial service. And uh, God actually um, put on, pressed on my heart to get up and speak at that um, um I had actually won my wife to Christ before I even dated her. So, and she wanted her for her whole life together. She wanted her family to know the joy that she had with Christ living within her and the forgiveness that she experienced. And um, at her funeral, actually, 11 of her family members gave their life to Christ. Praise which God. Which was very exciting. And, um, but after that, grief sets in reality. Um, found out about Grief Share was going on at a, a different church in the area. I went to that, and uh, it's incredible because you don't, the people in grief don't realize they're in grief whatsoever. And so to be able to, in, the, in 90, over 90% of all addictions come from unresolved grief, and, and that's overwhelming America right now. And uh, so this is, this is quite an important topic. And so that um, after going through Grief Share two or three times, I just, it was just such a powerful ministry to see people go in just totally broken and come out so excited and with a, with a new calling and, new, and be able to hear themselves laugh and it actually shock them that they laughed because they were healing and to see the difference in their lives and marriages that took place. Uh, God's call in my life was to work with Grief Share to help other people recover from grief. And uh, it's amazing the impact that it has on a person to recover from grief and be able to help others through it because you cannot help someone get to a place you've never been. Mm. So um, it's, it's the call that God's put on my heart, being widowed, um, to help other people. And my wife, she's been widowed twice. 
um, after uh, 20 years now. Um, I've been remarried now and um, for a few years. And uh, my wife, she's been widowed twice. Her first husband died of cancer when she was 40 years old with two children. And several years later, she remarried, and her second husband actually shot himself in her front yard. And um, that's when God called me out from California to no- back to North Carolina to give that service for her family members to receive Christ and introduce me to her. I won her to Christ. Mm-hmm. She thought her life was over. She yeah. raised two kids. They're on their own. She thought her life was over. God sent me there to work with a ministry in Gastonia with the widows group. We had like 280-some widowed people in Gastonia. And uh, she actually was one of the people that started it and uh, shared Christ with her after a, a meeting. She had bothered her. She wanted to know if she was a good Christian. And I opened my Bible. I said, well, let's see what God says. And after about three verses, uh, she would read them right out of my Bible. And um, she started having tears when she gave her life to Christ. And after that, I mean, I got to quit witnessing the women because I just, I, I, I fall in love with them after that because Jesus is in them, of course. Yeah. So, yeah. But now that we, we're doing this together because we understand grief. Yeah. And I've, all, I've also lost a daughter as well. Mm-hmm. So um, I can, we can, between the both of us, we can understand a lot of hurt that's out there and bring a lot of healing as well. A lot of people don't want to go through that valley of the shadow of death. They want to go get over it, get under it, go around it. But to be helped through it, um, that's where the most fertilizer is at in the value of, of your life. And after going through grief now, the relationship I have with God is so much deeper that he's more real to me than you are sitting there. So what a difference it makes to yeah. recover yeah. and be able to help others. Yeah, that's good, man. Um, so... Is, is this is for my own clarity, but is grief share for people who have been widowed or is it for people who journey through other grief, like maybe church hurt and stuff like that? Or is it just for the loss of loved ones? Yeah, it's for the loss of a loved one. Uh, it's not for the loss of a job or, or a cat or something like that or a pet. Um, it's the loss of a loved one, a uh, abortion, for example, a sister, um, daughter, a child, a lot of, People who've lost children, married people especially, they, they, they really put the strain on their marriage because when one's grieving, the other's not. When the other one's grieving, the other one's not. So it's, it's so important in the, in to see God put them back together after that and be able to actually talk about the person they lost because the, the standard rule is out in the world, you lose somebody and then after three months, you don't talk about them anymore. That these people are gifts from God that need to be honored. They've helped change who we are. So to be able to talk about these people and smile again, you know, it's an honor to the people that God's placed in our life. We should not be able to not be able to talk about people, you know, that we've had in our life because that that's uh, if you can't talk about somebody you've lost, there's a, there's a problem. Yeah. So, um, you know, I, I'd be kind of naive to think that with the whole scope of the internet, someone that's tuning in um, hasn't been impacted by grief. So um, I, I know this kind of puts you on the spot a little bit, and it's, it's, I mean, grief, 
processing and journeying through that with God is so complex, so intricate. Um, I hate to almost ask this question, but um, I'm going to ask it anyway, because maybe you've got more a way of kind of bringing it down to a point than I, than I can in my mind. But uh, if you were to kind of bring it down to a point, um, like one really great nugget of wisdom that, you know, the guys tuning in, dealing with grief, you know, we want to put grief share in the show notes so guys can get connected to it. But what would you say to that guy that's journeying through grief right now? What does he need to hear? What is the one thing he needs to hear? I would say, um, as far as grief share goes, the biggest hindrance out there is in people's minds of what it is. It's not a place where we sit around and cry with tissues. It's a place where it's very uplifting, encouraging, where people are given the tools to walk through this hurt and people walk with them that's been through it. So it's a powerful thing in that respect to get the tools. There's no teaching, no counseling from anyone in the group except on the videos. And then you discuss the video, and, and there's a workbook that you use in, at home to break down scriptures and what they mean to you and how that God cares. And it's incredible to see God heal these people because I can't heal anyone. Because if I would give you advice, you'd be dependent on me instead of God. So we just reconnect people with God. That's good, man. It's That's a dark good. time, and they just need to see through the darkness that he's still there and cares. Well, that's awesome, man. I, I, I appreciate you guys uh, pressing in and being faithful and obedient to God's call in that because, you know, like we were saying before the show, um, you know, I see the significance of it. Mm -hmm. And, you know, there's just an abundance of hurt, you know, and specifically with people who have lost loved ones. Um, you know, one guy comes to mind right away uh there's a young guy um he was on the show um a couple months back i guess now but him and i work out from time to time and just a great guy he um he's in his 20s he's got uh kids and uh, his wife passed away from covid mm -hmm. uh, while she was giving birth to mm -hmm. their newborn uh it's about a year old now um and uh so thankful for for him because he doesn't stop talking about his wife like you were saying he celebrates the the great memories and the good times um he's done two things recently that's really really cool um so before she passed she had actually booked a camping vacation mm -hmm. trip for them like a year in advance wow that was last week okay and he yeah. went on with the kids to yeah. memorialize and celebrate her because she had already booked it. It was already, mm -hmm. you know, but they celebrated, mm -hmm. you know, his wife, their, the kid's mom. And then they're also getting a pool put in at their property because she had always wanted a pool. Mm -hmm. And uh, I can't remember exactly. I think he's putting like a Bible verse or something in the concrete. There's something he's doing in the concrete that's going to uh, memorialize her there. Mm -hmm. And uh, um, just so thankful for how God has given him the, um, wisdom beyond his years to journey through that grief. Um, you know, I can't even fathom, you know, if I were in a similar situation mm -hmm. and lost my wife and, you know, had our two kids and trying to be a single dad out of nowhere, you know, handling grief, you know, all that different kind of stuff. It's just, 
mind-boggling. So super thankful for him, super thankful for what God's doing there. And uh, Extension, super thankful for what you guys are doing with Grief Share. So keep well, keep fighting the good fight, man. Well, there's uh, something else that um, my wife and I are very passionate about, and that's helping people with their marriages. Mm. Um, the church is full of people doing book studies on marriage and all these different steps and things like that. And, um, but they haven't completed a marriage. I have completed a marriage. Okay. There is a reward at the end. Mm. So when things get tough, realize that, um, um, my wife and I, well, my wife, she's not the one. My relationship with God is number one. The wife that, that is in heaven now that uh, died, um, she was my one. She was my joy and my hope and everything. And God would not have any other gods before him. So he taught me a great lesson to put him first because he will not ever disappear. So to help people with their marriages, make it through the end, I mean, I like to um, um, teach people how to be married, how to understand their wives. For guys, I love teaching guys how to understand their wives because they come back exciting. That works, you know, type thing. And it's it's so exciting to, to help people be married and understand each other. I mean, my wife and I, we seek our one with our two. She's my two and I'm her two, but we seek our one with their two and people that aren't married they should seek their one where they wait for their two yep so it's incredible um, to be able to help people in their marriages complete them and uh, this is god seeking a godly seed in malachi so he's looking for this godly seed god hates divorce it it, it hurts children it tears them apart Um, it's just such damage and this doesn't have to be and i love the um, the title of one I teach on marriage is calling um, marriage made simple from Ephesians 5 and it's it's so simple. Marriage in the Bible is so simple because looking back is always twenty twenty, right? We've been. So looking back when I read this now it just makes so much sense and I haven't really heard anyone touch on the things that God showed me yeah. in there. That um, it's it's a role play. You have to read it as if it's a role play between two people in the roles that they play, and it's a it's a it's a basically it's a role between Christ and the church in the home. Imagine children brought up in that, seeing an illustration of Christ and the church interacting with each other in front of the children. Incredible. And and my wife and I we pray together every night. Every day, and it is the most intimate time of our day. And you tell me, do you think I could actually argue or be mad at that person, knowing and we praying with them just in a half hour from now? Yeah, I mean, it just works, okay. And um, to be able to intercede for her, um, as we love our wives, as Christ loved the church. I mean, it's not just dying on the cross. I mean, Christ. How does he love his church? That's what we have to ask as husbands. Christ always understands. So to always understand my wife, this is a goal. 
to be, look, he always listens. He doesn't try to fix me. God doesn't try to fix me. He, he intercedes for me. I mean, guys, interceding for your wife is one of the most powerful things you, that you can do is pray with her before she goes to work, things like that. He always forgives. He always, unconditional love. He's always present. He's not reading the paper going, uh-huh, yeah, I heard that. If you're not looking at your wife when she's talking, it's not heart-to-heart heart with her. You didn't hear a word she said to her, cherishing her and leading her. Um, she wants to be led. She definitely wants to be led um, by by her husband. Every woman is wired to want her husband to lead her spiritually. She wants that. And she's willing to give you permission as well. And yeah. when she does, guess what? You can do that. Pray That's with good. her and read the Bible together. It's this wonderful thing. That's a great word, man. Um, so to the guy that's tuning in that uh, he's like, man, Roy, you just don't get it, man. My my marriage is just so tough. You know, think about that. Uh, um, you know, you need to go up. Oh, is it the passage you go up to the furthest corner of the roof or whatever to get away mm-hmm. from the the um, nagging of your wife? And uh, that guy's like, man, that's me. You know, I just, I'm being nagged all the time. I just feel like I'm doing my best and trying to invest. And my wife's just, you know, nipping at me and, you know, man, I've got so many responsibilities, you know, how do I find the time and energy to invest in my family? You know, what do you say to that guy? That's like, man, my family's basically a lost Mm -hmm. cause because, you know, I just, I'm done. Mm -hmm. What do you say to that guy? What does he need to hear? Well, only God can change a person's heart. And so it's like a new car. When something goes wrong, you return it to the manufacturer. And you have to do that with your wife. You need to return her to God in prayer for repair. And um, you also have to realize that the Bible says um, what God has put together, let no man put asunder. So, therefore, a lot of the problem today is people are putting themselves with people. They're not allowing God to put them together. So therefore, there's going to be extra conflict. And uh, to wait on God for that for the person that he wants to put you with is incredible. But to also to um, love your wife as Christ loves the church is going to change that person. I mean, we're supposed to be 1 Peter 3, 7. We're supposed to be um, people that are looking to be educated by our wives, who she is, what her needs are, um, what are, what um, what love language does she have, things like that, and in be in prayer um, that God would um, change her heart. And there's people in marriages that aren't um, equally yoked. There may be two different faiths, or one doesn't even have faith. I mean, there's a, there's a lot of struggle out there, but there's help here, and. Um, the thing about um, men right now, I mean, without application of God's word, there's that flushes, I mean, it drowns accountability if there's no application. So we need to apply God's word to the situation. Every answer we need is there. And knowing for a fact, you know, reading through the Bible with my wife now on our seventh time together, um, every answer you'll ever need is right there. And I am more than happy to talk to any man and work with him, work with them. Uh, My wife and I have helped um, countless marriages stay together that were done. They were done. 
Uh, she was at a motel. He was in the house. They're done type thing. And, and a week later, they're just so in love with each other. It's incredible to see the difference what God can do. My wife does not make me happy. That's not her position. She wasn't born a clown, okay, to entertain me. My my joy comes from the Lord and Him alone, not from my wife. If I, I put undue expectations on her that belong on God, I'm going to wear her out, and, and she's going to get upset. That's good, man. That's and then good. I will be on the roof. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. That's right. Well, um, so as we kind of bring our time together to a, to a close here, um, you know, you've lived a full life. You've uh, walked with God in a long time, seen a lot of things, done a lot of things. He's shown you a lot. Um, and I, I always, I know you said you watched one of the shows, so uh, maybe you caught this. I always put people on the spot at the end and say, okay, think back over your life. If you have one, one nugget of wisdom, like for the guys tuning in, you know, if they could hear one thing today from, from your, your experience, what is that one nugget of wisdom that God wants you to share with these guys today? I would say, check yourself, what you're doing. Do you start your morning with God and come home exhausted? Or do you, or does Satan have you chasing your tail because you're overhead in debt or something that Satan's got you bound up because of a decision you've made? Um, so many people, if Satan can get us as men chasing our tails, he's won. And he's stolen your reward as well. We were meant to lead, and we and God has equipped us completely to do this, to turn this world right side up for him. And he gets the glory, and, and um, we need a revival of men yeah, to amen. lead their homes, to lead their children. Um, the definition of manhood itself is is being in question. Uh, women are acting like men. They're, they're so desperate to find a relationship. We need to step up, guys. The church needs to have the answers to what a marriage should look like and live it out. I can't tell you how many people that have come to faith in Christ by seeing my wife's respect for me and my love for her. Her she has two children, which became my stepchildren. But since they've seen the change in their mother and the joy she has, they have both turned to Christ. Yeah, so it's, it's, we need to lead. We don't want to miss it. My stepdad, every Sunday, got up, got me dressed in a three-piece suit at four years old and drug me to church. Because he wanted me to know that's the most important part of your week. And I'll never can thank him enough because I met Jesus. Yeah, that's good, man. Well, Roy, thanks so much for being on the show today, man. Um, I'm going to pray over us. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for Roy and his heart for you and his heart for men and his heart for those who go through grief with the loss of a loved one and his heart for people and their... Uh, marriages and just having unions that honor you, that reflect uh, your image of Christ and the church. Uh, Lord, we just ask uh, your hand of blessing over our lives to continue to mature us and sanctify us into the men you are calling us to be. Uh, we thank you that uh, 
you don't get put out or put off when, uh, when we're dragging our feet and we're not, uh, moving the chains in our journey with you, Lord. Um, we thank you that you're a loving father and a gracious father. And we just, uh, ask that you continue to, um, draw the loss to you. We thank you for our opportunities that we can play in that. Uh, we just ask that, um, we be on mission for you, all of us. And, uh, Lord, we just, um, mirror what Roy's been saying that, uh, we just pray for a revival of men, Lord. We just ask that uh, men press in closer to you in ever-increasing measure and that they return to their first love, being you. And uh, when they do that, that their faith be reignited, that their passion be reignited, uh, that they tap into the Holy Spirit power within them to get through the day and accomplish exactly what you want them to accomplish in accordance with your will. And we just... Uh, know that you're infinitely capable to keep all those uh, requests, and we just uh, pray all those things in Christ's name. Amen. Amen. All right, man. Well, again, thank you for coming to the show. Hopefully you'll come back sometime. Hopefully I didn't run you off. Anytime. Good, man. Well, good. All right, guys, uh, as always, um, man, have some fun out there. Be safe, and uh, we'll catch you on the next show. God bless.